David. Yeah. The Swedish crown jewels have been stolen. What? How, how, do, you say, how do you say what in Swedish? Uh, what? <laughs> okay. That's German. It's probably the same thing. Probably. Okay. That's so, very xenophobic. So someone is real. King Charles the Ninth and Queen Christina of I, Sweden. I know, I know of them. Are rolling over in their graves. They're rolling over a little easier because they don't have their jewelry anymore. In fact, they haven't had their jewelry for a long time. So they were buried with their royal crowns and orbs and all the you know fancy things that kings and queens are buried with. Sure. Back in the early 1600s. Right. Uh, those royal jewels were exhumed some years later and made their way to the. Uh, Strangna, Strangness Cathedral? Nailed it. And yep. ex exhumed means they were unburied. Yes. Deburied. That there you go. Deburied. Okay, so after the after the family crown after the, the royal crowns and the orb was deburied, what yeah. happened? They went to a cathedral. So, so they went to this cathedral in Sweden and uh, and they've been put on display ever since. Um, and today, this is breaking news. We're breaking news on the podcast? There was a super intelligent, I'm, I'm gonna say probably like Ocean's Eleven type of heist where these these uh, crown jewels were stolen, David. Ooh. Um, do you wanna know what the getaway vehicle was? Of course, I mean, that's one of the coolest parts of the show is like convertibles, like jets. There's always some sort of cool escape vehicle. Uh, according to an eyewitness, yeah. a small motorboat Huh? A small motorboat. Uh, so basically, a couple of, of guys walked into the cathedral, stole the jewels, uh, ran out in the middle of the day, uh, tons of witnesses, went to a boat, and uh, just kind of sputtered away. <laughs> okay, because when you say like a, like a little motorboat, I think of like my grandpa's fishing boat. So they're stealing like some, I imagine, some of the, the most valuable items in Sweden. For their history and probably monetarily, these are probably really expensive. Invaluable. Invaluable. So yeah. that means they're expensive, right? Yeah, above value. Okay, so, or without value. In, not valuable, so they're not valuable? Words are difficult sometimes, David. W what's important here is that we have eyewitnesses. Okay. Okay. And uh, let me, let me, let me quote. Let me give you some of these quotes because I think they're really insightful. Sure. Uh, one one keen eyewitness said, "I knew immediately they were burglars because of the way they were behaving." Um, may that be because they were burglaring, <laughs> burgling? I don't know what the, the verb of burgle is. Burglary. To burgle. To burglary. Uh, might it be because they were running out with the crown jewels? Is that what tipped you off? <laughs> Interesting. Um, another one said, it was odd in this small, quiet town, but the fact that the boat was waiting, it was obvious to me they were burglars. So, so for, the, for the girl... It wasn't quite that they had the jewels. <laughs> it wasn't quite that they were running out of the cathedral with the jewels in the middle of the day. It was the fact that they had the boat on, that, that the boat was on, and it was waiting for them. So, I just, I mean, I have an idea for, for Sweden. How about a guard? How about someone standing near the invaluable crown jewels? Just a suggestion from America.
This is Subjectively Correct Sports, the only podcast in the known universe featuring a couple of guys talking about sports and other stuff. My name's David. I'm here with Anthony as always. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. That's probably how you're listening now. We're really excited about that. If you're listening some other way, let us know. If you're in my attic and or basement, well, that would be surprising, mostly because I don't have a basement. Uh, and secondly, because I've never been in my attic and I don't know if it's accessible by humans. I assume it is. My dad built houses for a while. I'm pretty sure I, <laughs> attics are there for us to get to. I know there's a ladder. I'm just saying, I don't know if anyone who's gone up has ever come down. <laughs> so it's like Narnia? <laughs> yes. You go up there and you're in a magical land. Anyway. You're with King Charles the Ninth and Queen Christina, <laughs> or whatever their names but were. But without their crowns. Obviously, they don't have their crowd today. Or their royal orb, which I learned I learned what a royal orb was today. Anyway. I'm convinced um, the person who stole the crown jewels is some angry Norwe- Norwegian uh, seeking revenge after, like, the 19th coffee table they tried to assemble and just, like, could not get it together. Okay, sorry, David. I'm interrupting. I'm, I'm carrying the open into the intro. I can I see that. It's a cardinal offense. Is it? I wish we had like a little, uh, like a timeout chair for you to sit in, but uh, I think that would disrupt things. Anyway, subscribe, uh, leave us a review. We appreciate those of you that have, uh, uh, that have given us five stars and that have reviewed our podcast. We appreciate all of our fan. Yeah. And a special shout out to the, uh, the one listener who called out that, uh, and this is a huge oversight on our part. Huge. Um, and huge being the operative word yeah. that, uh, in the, all-time NFL thighs debate, we failed to include Earl Campbell, and after uh, five minutes of YouTube, I'm convinced Earl Campbell, best NFL thighs of all time. Yeah, and that's something we can revisit maybe, like, when the NFL season kicks back up and, like, we're ready to talk serious football, we can revisit the best thighs of all time. I'm going to buy an anatomy book. We're going to go through every body part. Most body parts. Some. The obvious. David, back to you. I'm just... I'm just going to kind of let you sit in that for a minute. Let you, let you stew in that soup you made yourself there. All right, so before, before we get into some sports stuff, and, and I promise some serious sports talk here in a little bit, but I want to talk about an experience that, that Anthony and I had over the weekend. It was a lot of fun. Did, did we? Yeah, yeah. We hung, out the, we hung out this weekend. Yeah, we did. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Thank you for remembering. Yeah. It meant a lot to me. It was a lot oh, that fun. was you. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. But um, my daughter and your wife have birthdays right next to each other. My daughter's the 27th through the 28th, and your daughter very affectionately calls, uh, I mean, sorry, your wife calls my daughter her birthday buddy, and it's adorable. Yeah. So your wife decided to do some, like, a joint birthday thing, and I thought that'd be super cool. So she signs, uh, uh, she reserves a room at a place called Family Karaoke. Yeah. And we're like, awesome, Family Karaoke, sounds like fun. My kids love to sing, my wife sings beautifully. I'm like, this will be great, we'll get everyone together, we'll do some karaoke, it'll be great. And so we go out to eat before, and that takes a little bit longer than it should have. And so we missed our reservation. And so we call the guys and they're like, okay, no, don't worry. We'll just start it when you get here. And we're like, okay, great. We get there and I see why, you know, they may not be super busy at 6 p.m. It's like in a bad part of town. Mm. There were some questionable things going on on our way there that we saw. Yeah, there were several business transactions uh, taking place on street corners and sidewalks. Yeah, yeah not exactly brick and mortar businesses going on right there and then we get to the building and where family karaoke was before like where the letters were up on the side of the building they had fallen off and the only reason you knew that that building was the family karaoke was because the 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 outline of the letters was still there because it was a little lighter 
than the rest of the building around it. So we walk in. There's like, uh, before we brought the kids in because we wanted to be cautious, Anthony and I go in and uh, there's like a hip hop song with like explicit lyrics and dancing going on on a projector at the front. There's a bar on the right. Not exactly a family environment for a place called family karaoke. And so we very uncomfortably bring our kids into the private room and it was more comfortable once we got in the private room and we had a great time. But, the floors were very sticky. Yes, and when we opened up the books to see like what songs we were going to sing and like what code we needed to punch into the little complicated keyboard thing where half the buttons were in Korean, all the songs were in Korean or Japanese. 90% of the songs were in Korean. Oh, I'm so glad you learned how to push all the buttons because I wasn't going to do that. I was just going to like, oh, well, let's go home. But you like figured out the little computer thing, and we sang, and it was, it was a great time. But anyway, I thought... It was really fun, but man, we were walking into an interesting situation there. Thank um, goodness for hand sanitizer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I took a shower in Purell when I got home. But it was fun. I thought we did a great job singing. I'm not a singer, but I uh, I did get into some uh, tub thumping. Oh, man. Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba came back strong this weekend. Who let the dogs out? That didn't go so well. No, that's a really hard song to sing. Well, especially if you don't know it. Like, I haven't heard that song in, like, yeah. ten years. And so if you, like, put the words up there, I'm not going to know it. That's like a game where you have the cheat codes and you still lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Game Genie's like, sorry, can't really do much with this. Yeah. I've given you all the hope we can. That's all we can do. Yeah. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. But next year, let's uh, let's do something else, game. Okay. Maybe I'll make the plans. <laughs> go for, go okay. for it. Okay. All right. So, well, uh, I wanted to start with something that has kind of become a, a phenomenon in sports lately. With the, the advent of social media and everything, um, our thoughts can be sent to anybody at any time. A couple of clicks, and we can access the thoughts of someone from 15 years ago. Well, not 15, from 10 years ago. Not 10 years ago, from five years ago. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is going swimmingly. But what's interesting is athletes now, like Josh Hader, Sean Newcomb, Trey Turner... We're going back in time to their tweets when they were younger and finding terrible things that they've said. And that's been going on now. It's like a, it's like a new thing that we're doing. I imagine there are guys sitting in their couch, like on their couches right now getting into every athlete that they can think of and trying to find their dirty little secrets from when they were in high school. Yeah, and, and some of these, uh, these revelations about past tweets are coming out at very inopportune times, and, and it, I'm sure it's on purpose. Like the trade deadline. Like the trade deadline, or like Josh Hader, he's making his all-star game deb- debut, and as he's on the mound, um, people are uncovering, or at least they're, they're publicizing these old racist, homophobic, sexist tweets. Uh, Sean Newcomb had the, uh, the Dodgers... Uh, he was no hitting the Dodgers, and either during the game or shortly after, um, all these tweets that, that from his his past were exposed. And uh, and Trey Turner, right, the, right at the deadline, uh, he was maybe going to be traded, maybe not. I, I don't know how how far along they were in any of those uh, discussions, but uh, tweets from his past come up. So I mean, what's going on? Is this just the new normal? I hope not. I hope because it feels a little yucky to me. You know what I mean? Like. How far into the past can you go? And are you going to criticize players for things they didn't said when they were teenagers? And I'm not in any way excusing their behavior. I, yeah, what they've said in no way is okay. Absolutely not. Um, but it also feels a little slimy to me to go into someone's past and try to find the things that they've done wrong when they were younger and expose them. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
what happened to James Gunn, you know, the, the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, the actors who work with him love him, love him to death. And they say that, I mean, they just sent out a, a, an open letter about the situation, and they all signed off on it. Chris Pratt, um, Zoe, uh, Zoe Saldana, and Dave Bautista, uh, Bradley Cooper. The raccoon, the tree. Bradley Cooper. Vin Diesel. I am That's Groot. not... Oh, is he the tree? Vin Diesel is the... Yeah, Vin wow. Diesel is Groot. His greatest acting performance ever. Well, no, no, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, he crushes that part. <laughs> he crushes that line. Yeah, he does. I wonder how many times he said it. Like, did he say every I am Groot? Um, yeah, I, I, I think he probably gave them like probably 50 samples to work with. And he's just, and you the, know, the cashing the those checks for the next decade. Now, Baby Groot, like the little Groot, did he do the little Groot and did they change his voice? Because at that point, you don't need more work from Vin Diesel. You can just take the stuff he did before and alter it, right? I feel like we're off topic. What do you mean? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. They probably just altered it. Thank you. Okay. But, so James Gunn, he had this stuff happen a long time ago, and then... Yeah, he had some unfortunate tweets. Mm -hmm. Um, We won't really get into the substance of any of these tweets. Just suffice it to say they're highly offensive. Yeah. Uh, to to one or more uh, segments of the population, yeah. and um, yeah, he had these tweets uncovered, and so he was fired, right? And um, you have the Roseanne tweet, for example. Now that's a little different situation. Yeah, she was uh, it was it was a tweet after she was famous, and 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 uh, you know she was fired from her show. Um, yeah, it's interesting how we deal with these because I think. When you're anonymous, right? When you're a teenager, you haven't hit superstardom yet. You feel like whatever you put out there, there really won't be that many repercussions from it because, like, who's gonna see it, right? right. Your close friends and I, maybe that's it. And, and strangers, right? Strangers yeah. on the internet. And usually, when you're a teenager, you don't have a thousand followers, ten thousand followers. You yeah. have twenty, thirty of your close friends who follow you. Yeah, and so it's a little bit different situation when. All of a sudden, you've achieved superstardom, and you have thousands or millions of followers, and you say something inflammatory. Uh, two two different situations. But I think I think there's there's one person in this equation that doesn't get talked about enough um, that could have significant impact on this moving forward, and it's the agent. Okay. And so, David, just play along with me for a second. I'm your agent. Okay. Okay. You've just achieved superstardom. Of course. Pick, pick your pick your uh, your sport or your 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 industry. What, what did you just uh, become famous in? Darts. Darts. Okay. You're the you're you're lighting up British TV. That's right. Okay. All right. I've been knighted. <laughs> I've been knighted at thirty. Sir, Sir David Henderson. Sir David they Henderson. Call me Sir Darts a lot. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, David. Welcome. Hey. Wow. You're big time now. That's right, Tony. I'm huge. Hey, David. Yeah. Um, so do you have a Twitter? Yeah, I love Twitter. I tweet all the time. Uh, no, you don't. Hey, do you have an Instagram? I'm all over the IG. Uh, you used to be. Okay. Hey, uh, Snapchat? Oh, of course. No, you've never heard of it. Uh-huh. Okay, here's what I want you to do. All right. Delete them all. Okay. I don't want you to go through and find your bad tweets and your bad snaps and your bad instas. I want you to just delete them all. Okay. Okay. I have uh, 500 pages of research. That's a lot. On a professional athlete with zero scandals. Okay. Uh, his name's Mike Trout. Okay. Look at each page. It says the same thing. Nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing about Mike Trout. He's a fish. Okay. 
You can't find anything bad about Mike Trout. He doesn't tweet. He doesn't Instagram. He doesn't Snapchat. And if he does, no one knows about it. He's probably got two followers. It's his mom and maybe his girlfriend. Okay? We don't want any controversy. We want anything detracting from your newfound superstardom. Okay? So as my client, here's what you're paying me for. Advice on how to not lose a bunch of money in the future. Okay? Delete everything. If you want to start a new one, okay, cool. You can start a new one and we'll manage it. I'll manage it. If you want to tweet something personal from time to time, cool. Just call me first. Okay? And if you don't, we're going to have a little clause in the contract between you and me, and you're going to pay us so much money, right, for all these, uh, for these tweets that don't get screened beforehand. Okay? As your agent, that's a service I can provide to you that will save you millions and millions of dollars in the future. That makes perfect sense to me. Wait, am I am I still Dave the Dart Slinger? Am I can I be Dave again? <laughs> I don't know. You can be whoever you want. Okay, I'm I'm normal Dave now. I'm no longer Dave the Dart Slinger. I'm not I'm no longer Sir Darts a lot. That blows my mind. All it would take is for these accounts to be deleted. Get rid of these accounts and these problems go away. I don't know so so I think this is gonna become common practice now for athletes. Once they become uh, what, like you said, once you become big, once you start getting drafted, once you become a prospect, right? Once you become a prospect, get rid of everything. You disappear. You were nothing from 1 to 18. You didn't exist. Yeah. And then, like you said, you can have official accounts going after that. That's what they're going to have to do because these situations are going to keep happening. I'm telling you, it's going to keep happening. Because, oh, definitely. Because there's a lot more stars out there that have been tweeting. Yeah. And it's going to keep coming up. Well, yeah, I, the Star Wars director, what's his name? Ryan, 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 Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. He deleted like 20,000, 40,000 tweets, right? Because Smart. he just thought, you know, what's what's the point of having those out there? Yeah, he may not have said anything wrong, but something that didn't seem like it was bad in 2010 can be unearthed in 2020. And because of where we are in 2020, maybe it's a big deal, right? right. So it's just, what's the point of having all that out there? No, absolutely. Agree 100%. So, um, sticking with um, somewhat controversial topics and heavier topics. Um, well, first of all, the the major uh, the MLB trade deadline, baseball trade deadline was today. Um, there were a few transactions of note. Chris Archer and Wilson Ramos were traded away from the Rays. Uh, Archer went to the Pirates. Ramos, Archer's a, a pitcher, uh, you know, a decent pitcher, not as good as he was, you know, a few years ago. I think people kind of romanticize what he was and what he could have been and he's really just kind of a maybe above average pitcher these days but he got traded to the pirates well just just some numbers real quick on him because i don't think he's even worse than i think you're saying because his record he started uh 17 games three wins five losses with an era of 4.31 yeah so So i pretty average nothing spectacular with those numbers right now um he got traded to the pirates who for once in my lifetime, are buyers at the trade deadline instead of sellers. Wilson Ramos ended up with the Phillies. He's an all-star catcher. He could. He, he's really going to help them. And as a Dodgers fan, I'm scared of the Phillies come postseason. Uh, and Brian Dozier went from the Twins to the Dodgers, so he should help their se- second base situation. I think one of the biggest uh, transactions of the trade deadline was the non-transaction of Bryce Harper actually staying put. Um, there was some chatter uh, in the last couple days that maybe – the Nats, the Nationals would see uh, what they could get for him if they, someone would just make a crazy offer. Uh, but they ended up holding on to him. You think that's the right move, David? I think it all depends on where his head's at, right? Like if Bryce Harper has had private conversations with um, the organization, he has said, I like it here. If we keep building, I want to stay. 
And if that's the case, absolutely, you hang on to him. But if, you know, if he's pulling a LeBron and he's being really secretive about everything and he's not saying what he wants or if he wants to stay or not, then I think it's pretty dangerous because you could get some serious assets from a contender right now mm-hmm. for a young player who has tons of experience for his age. I mean, for example, Trey Turner, who, you know, after I mentioned Trey Turner, who's in trouble for his tweets, he, uh, they're the same age. Bryce Harper and Trey Turner, they're the same age. Bryce Harper has been in the league five years more than he has. Just to give you an idea of, of what kind of talent Bryce Harper is, right? Um, but he could get he, he demands a, a high price when it comes to the trade market right now. Yeah. So I feel like if they're willing to hang on to him right now, they either think we have a chance to win this year and it's worth hanging on to him, or he's talked to us and we feel like he's leaning towards staying. Yeah, and that's, that's always the dilemma that you have with these super serve free agents. It's you know, do you do you trade them away and and know that you're not going to get equal value in return, but at least you get something, or do you hang on hoping they resign and potentially end up with nothing at the end of the season? It's not a it's not a situation I I envy. Must must have been really tough, but apparently they they think they have at least a good enough chance, and maybe you know maybe they they know they don't have a chance, but they think they can uh, turn things around this season and make a run. Maybe that's the only chance they really have is if they if they make a, a run in the playoffs. So I think I think he's yet to win a playoff series. Yeah, it hasn't been pretty in the playoffs. I mean, it doesn't help that Steven Strasburg has a second home in, on the DL. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't help. Yeah. I mean, you put all put all that money and effort and time and assets into a pitcher, and he spends half the time sitting in the in the whirlpool. That's not good. Yeah. So one of, one of the other um, significant trade deadline moves was uh, pitcher uh, Roberto Osuna from the Toronto Blue Jays getting moved to the Houston Astros. And uh, the Astros uh, were looking for a closer. He's a young, dynamic closer. He's got good stuff. He, um, you know, He's only 23 years old, so uh, he's a free agent at, at the end of the season, so who knows if he stays with the Astros, but a lot of upside with this guy. Unfortunately, there's a lot of baggage that comes with him as well. Uh, so Osuna was uh, charged and uh, he was arrested and charged with um, domestic violence uh, earlier in the year. He's uh, towards the end of a 75 game suspension from Major League Baseball. And, and that's almost half of the season. So that's not yeah. a small suspension. That's a huge suspension that he was serving. Mm-hmm. And he actually goes to uh, to trial in the coming weeks. I think it's pretty soon. His uh, his suspension ends. It's either this weekend or next weekend. So um, I mean, this is a this is a bigger conversation. Of, you know, sports in athletes in general. Um, but but focusing on on the Astros for a second. Um, this isn't new territory for the Astros. No, no. In fact, I was surprised when, when I read this that he was going to the Astros because the Astros have come out really strongly and said, you know, we have a zero tolerance, pol- uh, zero tolerance policy when it comes to domestic violence and things of this nature. But then at the trade deadline, they go out and get a guy who is currently suspended for that and is going to trial soon for that. And it's so two-faced. It's so contradictory. And, uh, and what's weird, so, so to, to further shed light on this, um, in 2016, a uh, Astros prospect in the minor leagues, he was playing double-A ball named Danry Vasquez, he was caught on video in one of their stadiums, in, the, in their double-A stadium, striking his girlfriend. Hmm. And he was kicked off of the team. And uh, when that happened, um, let me just find some of these tweets here. So when that happened, Justin Verlander, 
So Justin Verlander tweeted this after that happened. Middle finger, you man. I hope the rest of your life without baseball is horrible. You deserve all that is coming your way. Ooh, that's crazy. So when it comes to signing or uh, when it came to signing or uh, Osuna though, Verlander was like, well, uh, uh, uh. yeah, he, he kind of said, we'll have to see what happens. All the facts aren't out there. You know, it's still a trial. Um, so I don't know if you want to say it's it's hypocrisy or not, um, but it's it's definitely a much different reaction than than with the previous case. Right. So it seems like if you're a double A guy that we don't feel like has a has a sterling future, and this happens, we'll get rid of you. Yeah. But if you're a closer who can help us win the World Series this year. We'll look past some things. And that, to me, is uh, it, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And um, so the, the, the president uh, of the Astros, the president of their, their baseball operations, and, and um, the, the architect behind this, uh, the World Series team last year, his name's uh, Jeff uh, Loonhow, and he, uh, he was asked about, you know, is, is there a double standard here? Is this a little hypocritical that you have this zero tolerance policy when it comes to domestic violence, yet you just traded for someone who's about to stand trial for that? And he said, this is a quote, quite frankly, I believe that you can have a zero toler- tolerance policy and also have an opportunity to give people second chances when they have made mistakes in the past in other organizations. That's kind of how we put those two things together. Uh, I honestly cannot follow that statement. So zero tolerance policy. So if Osuna had done this in the Astros organization, well, no, he wouldn't be on the team. But because he did it in a different organization... And is currently serving his suspension for it. uh, Yeah, so because of that, the mistake was made in a separate organization, then it's okay. It's okay to give a second chance. I believe in second chances. Maybe not for everything, but I believe in second chances. But I also believe in consistency. And this just does not feel consistent. And so I think about, you know, these, that, the athletes thing, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting um, case study, I guess, if you want to say it. Because if you, if you look at other professions, right, in most other professions, the supply far outweighs the demand when it comes to employees, right? If uh, I'm an attorney, for example, and if uh, if my company um, wants to hire another attorney, uh, they'll probably get 40, 50, 100 applications for that one position. Everyone will be well qualified. Everyone will have the experience we're looking for, the recommendations we, we'd like to see, the, uh, the schools that we, we would uh, like to see applicants come from. Um, but only one person's going to get the job, and frankly, probably you know a quarter of the applications will actually be reviewed. All right, that's the real world. Sports world is not the real world. The demand far outweighs the supply. The demand for a good, dynamic, uh, shutdown closer, which Osuna can be, um, far outweighs the supply. There are maybe a handful of those guys in Major League Baseball, and so. What you, what an organization has to think about is, if we don't get him, someone else will. Now, I'm not saying you should get him. I'm not. That's not my opinion. But that's the the calculus that the, the organization has to go through. And the team that I follow most closely, the Dodgers, went through this a few years ago in 2016 when Araldis Chapman uh, was was put up um, by the Reds. Was he on the Cincinnati Reds? Is that who he came up with? 
Sorry, I don't remember. Yeah, whoever it was. I think it was the Reds. Whoever it was, they put him up on the trading block, and the Dodgers came in with a good package. The They, they agreed to terms, um, and it was basically a done deal. And then it came out that, that there was a domestic violence uh, allegation against against Aroldis Chapman, possibly some, some gun issues as well. The Dodgers decided as an organization that he wasn't the caliber of player they wanted on their team, knowing full well that he would go to another team that they may see in the playoffs. And in fact, that's exactly what happened. The Cubs came in and traded for him. And lo and behold, the Dodgers and the Cubs faced each other in the 2016 National League Championship Series. And Aroldis Chapman played a major role in the Cubs beating the Dodgers. They would go on to the World Series and win the World Series. Uh, and then Chapman signed with the Yankees after after that season. And so I'm proud of the Dodgers for taking that stand that they wouldn't they wouldn't trade for someone they wouldn't want someone on their team with uh, that type of moral character. Uh, but as a sports fan, it, it stings to see that because of that decision, they were at a disadvantage competitively. Right. And I I'm always I've always said I can separate the uh, the art from the artist when it comes to movies. When it comes to books and things like that, I can appreciate the art without appreciating the artist and maybe the kind of person that the artist is. But there are some things that we just can't tolerate in society. You know what I mean? But these teams are saying success for our team is more important than our moral stands. These teams shouldn't be moralizing for society anyway because they're running a business. They're not in the business of moralizing. They're in the business of winning and making money. So some interesting news came out of the NBA because the NBA is always in the news in the offseason because they're the best league about dominating the offseason. We're in the middle of baseball. It's a trade deadline, but the NBA does a couple things and we're like, oh, look, the NBA, and we're all excited. It's like the Kobe system commercials. Have you seen those? Tell them about it. Uh, so the Kobe system commercials from a few years back, it, the Nike commercials, it was uh, all about dominating, right? It, there, there's at least one of, the, one of the commercials where it's like, dominate sleep, dominate waffles. So I feel, like the, I feel like the NBA is taking the Kobe system to heart and they're dominating the offseason. Yes, and they really are. It's like, here we are talking about the NBA. After all the big free agency acquisitions, after everything, more NBA news. And it's not a huge deal, but it's something that could get a big ball rolling, right? Uh, maybe a basketball-sized ball. Oh. So the NBA and the MGM Grand, which is a, a casino in Las Vegas, have come to an agreement. So before, the NBA wasn't involved with casinos or any gambling organizations at all. They couldn't use the logo, the, the music that comes on during the games, you know, the... Wait. No, that's football. Oh, man. That was football. Football saying, doesn't really But now really that's in my head. Now I can't uh, think of the NBA on. one. Is that an old one? That's it. There it is. Okay, anyway, so they couldn't use stuff like that. They couldn't use teams lo team logos or anything like that. Um, but now MGM Grand, not all of Vegas, right? Not all of the casinos, not everybody. But the MGM Grand can now use official NBA stats and official NBA information and logos when it comes to their sports gambling and their sports books and things like that. And while that doesn't seem like a big deal, that opens a door because sports gambling is now um, not illegal in all of America, except for Nevada, because <laughs> of course people forget that Nevada, you can, anyway, but it's opening up in other, um, in other areas, in other states. And I 
kind of see that it's moving towards being legal everywhere. I mean, because it's going on everywhere. Yeah, this is this is the marijuana. This is the gateway drug to gambling of gambling, right? I mean, w- once we go down this road, and I'm not saying I'm not making a judgment, good or bad. Once we go down this road, it's it's not too far a leap uh, to see in-game consoles. Uh, you know, consoles behind. It, right in front of you as you're sitting in the arena on the back seat of the people sitting in front of you and you can make a you can make a bet on the spot you know who's going to win the quarter yeah, you just make uh, a prop bet right there yeah how many points is lebron going to score yeah and and um you know you tie it to your paypal account and so you i imagine like apps on your phone like you just sure. say what game you're at you watch the game yeah yeah so i i mean i think that's and i think that's where the nba can make a lot of money um sharing in some of this gambling revenue as it is right now i don't think they're going to make a whole lot just from people betting more on the nba i mean there may be some increased viewership uh some uh sponsors that that didn't care about the nba before maybe they care a little bit more um but i think when when it really affects the nba will be when you have this kind of in-game live betting in the arenas and that's when it'll make a difference when you can go to some sort of betting booth whether it's digital or in person, and you can cast your bets there, and then you can cash them out there. It'll be like a casino, but in a basketball arena, which, I mean, sounds exciting. Not not for me personally, but it sounds like it would be a super entertaining thing. And people are, no matter where you are in the country, you could find a guy, and your guy could bet for you. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it happens all the time. So this is just a way to take out that middleman and put it in the hands of more consumers, right? So... I mean, it's happening anyway. We might as well regulate it. And this is probably a a good first step. And I think it'll get the ball rolling, like I said before. But uh, another piece of NBA news is something that I I think is super cool. So I'm a school teacher. Um, I love it. It's difficult. It's one of the most underappreciated jobs while also being one of the most appreciated jobs in the world, which is a weird thing that I've noticed this year. (laughs) No one has ever brought me an apple. Has anyone ever brought you an apple? No. Any kind of gift? No. Oh. Anyway. I've had some some nice notes written about me. No, I'm I'm kidding. I've had some nice notes written about me. I've had some really nice things said about me. But um, nice little notes from my students don't pay the bills. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I love my students. If you're listening, I love you very much. They're not listening. Uh, They're not. Okay. Anyway. um, I'm just going to read this tweet from uh, from at big underscore business underscore. (laughs) This is what he said. Wait, not the at big underscore business underscore? Yeah, that one. Okay. And this is what he and or she or the organization that is at bigs underscore business underscore said. LeBron pulled a real life Scott's Tots episode of The Office and actually kept his promise. Hey, Mr. James, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Make a dreams come true. LeBron James opened up a public school. And this is super cool. It's a public school. So he worked with the school districts and he did everything to open a public school. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was yeah. public. Funded by his uh, foundation. And it's in Akron, his hometown. And it serves the same population that he was when he was a kid. He missed almost 100 days of fourth grade because he was so transient. He spent a lot of time on couches. He was from house to house. He didn't have a place to stay. And he missed just about all of fourth grade. And because of that, he was behind. But because of some people that intervened in his life, he was able to get caught back up, and his love and his passion for basketball helped keep him in school. He wants to do the same thing for kids in his same situation. And it is so cool to see an athlete reach out like this to his community and to have such a huge impact and make a change. If these kids make it through and graduate, 
LeBron James and his foundation are going to fund their college education. So he's not just talking about getting them through high school. He didn't just build a nice high school. He's committed to supply a college education for the students that graduate from this school. He took what Michael Scott wanted to do in the office <laughs> and did it times a million. So I love this. Uh, not just because LeBron's now a Laker, but because I love I love when athletes give back, and so many do, without it being big big news. Um, you know, as much as we like to kind of hate on KD for Kevin Durant for for a lot of his um, antics that he pulls on social media and, and elsewhere, uh, you know, I, I heard somewhere that he gave thirteen million dollars to mm. to charity last year. So these athletes really do a lot for their their communities, their families, um, and just something I was thinking about specifically with Lebr- LeBron was what will be his greater legacy, his on court accomplishments or the off-court accomplishments um and and i think right now snapshot yeah okay the on-court stuff right but you know he's got another 50 years of off the court and if what he's doing now while he's still playing is any indication um in 100 150 years basketball still going to be part of his wikipedia page but i wonder if it's going to be filled with a lot more off the court stuff yeah, and this is just the beginning for him. He said this is like a new chapter in his career and in his life. And then this same offseason, he opens up this school. I expect a lot of big stuff from LeBron James. And this is what I've always loved about him. There's no controversy. There's no struggles. There's no trouble. He loves his kids. He's there for his kids. Um, his son, Bronny, has more pressure on him. I think that's he's got a lot of pressure. You're LeBron James Jr. That's That's got to be rough. But yeah. he, he's with his kids. He coaches their basketball team, which is super cool. I mean... I loved when my dad coached my baseball team when I was a kid. It was super fun. And I know it's the same thing for these kids. Talk about someone you can't question, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, Coach, I don't know if I should be here. Like, LeBron just stares at you yeah. from seven feet above you. Like, nah, kid, that's where you're supposed to be. Oh, did you see the kid that was playing against his AAU team that made a three-pointer and turned around and, like, shot, like, a fake arrow at him? No. <laughs> like, a, like a 13-year-old wow. sh- throwing shade at the king. And LeBron mm. just like looks at him like, all right. And then just, it seems like in the video he just kind of ignores it, which I mean you have to. It's not like you can jump up and like get in the kid's face. <laughs> Did he dunk on him after the game? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess the last little bit of, of NBA news is that the uh, Mello is going to be bought out and probably go to the Rockets. Does anyone care? Nope. Okay, next topic. <laughs> I care. <laughs> it'll be really funny to watch him play defense imagine all the standing around that's going to happen on that court there's going to be so much standing around all right one one more bit of uh baseball news that that i caught this week um and i actually was watching the game when this happened uh a braves announcer uh joe simpson who actually used to be in the, the dodgers organization was calling the game between the the Braves and Dodgers last week, and um, <laughs> instead of you know focusing on a one run ball game between right. two teams who are uh, trying to win their divisions, uh, of they, course, like a professional broadcaster would do. Yeah, they they played a a package, right? So something that they they pulled video for in advance, uh, had a team edit it together. And, and showed it during the broadcast. So, so uh, this is like the entire production team was involved. Like multiple yeah, people saw this, this, this and was worked not, on it. This was not an off-the-cuff, you know, oh, this thought just came into my mind. This was something they planned. 
in advance. Like, hey, when the game's slow, throw this in here. One yeah. of those things, which yeah. I imagine you have to do a lot in baseball. Yeah, so they showed this uh, this package of, of the Dodgers batting practice. As, and specifically, they showed uh, Chase Utley uh, taking, taking batting practice. And um, it's not uncommon for fans to come to the field and, and watch batting practice uh, before the game. I think it's, um, you know, a lot of little kids especially like to see that. And what, they, what these uh, announcers, specifically uh, Joe Simpson, was cr- criticizing was that the Dodgers were wearing T-shirts. <gasps> and some weren't wearing socks. <gasps> and the poor children, think of the children. <gasps> the children had no way to identify who these players were. <gasps> I can't gasp anymore. <laughs> it's starting to hurt. Um, first of all, <laughs> if you're a fan of the team, Ugh. you kind of know what your players look like. I gasped a lot there. Unless you're a fan of the Braves, who actually do have, like, twins in the lineup. They, they, that Col- was a lot to gasp at. <laughs> Culberson and Swanson, I think they're, they look exactly alike. So maybe that's where this is coming from. Ugh. But I think for most teams, if you're a fan of the team, you can pick out who the players are just by the swing. Yeah, I mean you could have no- nothing else just the s- looking at the swing you can tell who these players are. But that wasn't even the issue. Like the calling out he he said they were unprofessional, that it made the organization look bad. Um do you know what Chase Utley was wearing? You know what kind of t-shirt he was wearing? Mm-mm. It was a K cancer, as in strikeout cancer. It was an organization. How dare he? <laughs> How dare he promote cancer like that? Oh, I don't I don't think that's I He's on cancer's team, Anthony. That's not okay. I agree with Joe Simpson. Down with cancer. He should not be promoting cancer. He shouldn't be. This is outrageous. How come there's no, like, story on him? We're going back in time to review people's tweets. Mm. Chase Utley is rooting for cancer. Put it on his shirt out there in batting practice telling everyone, go cancer. Although if Chase Utley is on cancer's team, chances are we're going to cure it pretty soon. (laughs) But this is just item number... 6,578 of this is what's wrong with baseball. These crotchety old announcers, they won't embrace analytics, they criticize the batting practice attire. Like, who cares, man? I mean, let's, let's focus on the personalities. Let's focus on the players. Instead, let's talk about how great these guys are. Let's talk about how they're opening schools and doing charity work. I mean, for every Mike Trout who says nothing... There's another player like Yasiel Puig who is interesting and entertaining and is, uh, I mean, he goes and buys food for people at random grocery stores and things yeah, like that. Yeah, no, his, his that. foundation is doing great work in Los Angeles. And so there are so many good things about professional sports and professional athletes. It's really unfortunate that, and I mean, I guess we're culprits ourselves because we led the show with, with talking about the bad tweets and the, the domestic violence, but I think we did it for the right reasons. Um, it's too bad that all the headlines or a lot of the headlines are about what's wrong, what's wrong with these sports or what's wrong with these athletes. There's so much good. I think we just need to celebrate the good. So a, a zoo in Cairo. Wait, Cairo, Ohio? Uh, Cairo, Egypt. Oh, okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, the Egypt Cairo. Right. The lesser known of the Kairos. Sure. Um, is uh, in some hot water. Not just because it's 180 degrees in Cairo. I was going to say this. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, because they uh, apparently are trying to pass off donkeys as zebras. <laughs> and it's not be You know, they don't think they're... they're <laughs> they don't think their customers are stupid. They've, they've gone the extra... Mile by um, of course. 
painting stripes on the donkeys. I mean, yeah, that's, of course. Um, in fact, there are pictures uh, online where uh, people have pointed out that the ears are too long, the nose is gray instead of black. Do you have a picture? Do you have a picture? Can I see one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me, see, let me see this picture of the donkey here. Or, right. or the, the zebra donkey, whatever that is. <laughs> All right. And, and this picture, the way... <laughs> <laughs> it's Shrek from Donkey. That's what it looks... I mean, Donkey from Shrek. That's what it looks like. He <laughs> just painted. <laughs> it, but the worst part of it... There's a worst part? The worst part is that there are smudges on the donkey oh, zebra. I didn't, I didn't see the smudges. <laughs> Half of its face is black because the stripes are smeared. Its rear is smeared black. It's... <laughs> I mean, they didn't paint the nose. Well, I think they just didn't account for the 180 degrees and the sweating of the donkey, right? The, the paint's gonna run. Unless you get Blue Man Group paint, it's gonna run. But this, uh, this is not a new phenomenon, David. There was a, there was a zoo in China that was uh, trying to pass off a fluffy mastiff as a, a lion a few years back. So... I mean, I get it, right? The lions are sick, you know, pull in the mastiff. Sure. Right? Go to the bullpen. What, what other um, fake, I, I hope, I hope, I really hope fake zoos just start popping up, right? So and, like, and not that it's a fake zoo, I mean, it's a zoo, but the animals are just not the actual animals. So like imitations? So Imitation like, animals, Like yeah, a yeah. crow with like a toucan beak with a rubber band behind its head, so it kind of looks like a toucan? So yeah, okay. that's right. Or, yeah, you, you, you paint, um... You paint a pigeon to look like a parrot, right? Sure. You stick some stilts on a sparrow and call it a flamingo. <laughs> you may have the proportions wrong, but I, I hope more and more of these start popping up. But this whole this whole donkey zebra thing, I mean, if I had to sum it up in one word, I'd probably just say asinine. 